2: back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or
0: emailing us at EPL Roundtable at gmail.com. Yeah, hello, I'm Jake. I support Newcastle. You get my uh, stuff on EPL Index or on Total Dutch Football, and you can get me on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two ends. I'm Dave Hendrick from
1: All in Sports Talk and Anfield Index.com. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Hendrick underscore AI. And check out our websites, allonsportstalk.com and anfieldindex.com.
2: Great, thanks so much for joining us, guys. Up first, of course, we have Making the Rounds, where we each have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this week. Jake, not a particularly quiet one for Newcastle. They were pretty much the talk of the town on deadline day as kind of the club trying to force West Brom's hand on Barahino. Obviously, you'd already made some previous transfers in
0: that window. Just, what's been your take on Newcastle over the last week? Yeah, well, I'm I'm slowly saying as a Newcastle fan that we are vamping up to be in the story of the Premier League. It's slowly happening. It's We're always one of the stories because Newcastle are just a joke club like that. But it's going to be the story around March and April, us being in a relegation fight. The only thing that's going to save us is if Leicester do continue doing well at the top. But yeah, it's it's pretty embarrassing at the moment. I'll start I'll start with yesterday's game, and that's fresh in the memory. Um it was a bit a bit odd going to Everton, I felt, um, and playing Perez up front um, as the lone striker. Because I felt like, um, especially away from home against the side like Everton, you'd need sort of like a dominant figure up front, somebody to hold up the ball, sort of give your defence a bit of a rest. And Mitrovic did that really well when he came on against Tottenham away. He did it well against Arsenal when we were actually the better team. And for some reason, we went for Perez. And that was always going to be a dodgy move, And as it proved to be. We had... Um, yeah, we just got dominated all all through the game. It could have been seven or eight nil and I'm not even gonna Yeah, I don't know what Steve McLaren was doing. It it just seems he doesn't know how to play football away from home, which is a bit of a worry considering we're not gonna pick up enough points at home at this this rate, and we need to get at least, you know, a win or two on the road just to just to get us out of where we are. And he plays really defensive football and he seems to want to contain the opposition when we don't have the players to do so, which just leads to us being shots coming in on Rob Elliott's goal and as well as he's doing he's not going to keep a clean sheet if he's just being relied upon uh, just to save shots all game we need to have some sort of attacking sort of strategy away from home we don't have that Um the, the one game we did do that was at the Emirates arguably against the side who are known for keeping possession the most against the side who are um, you know who dominate teams there week in week out? We went there. We went up against them. We you know we went to play football. We attacked them and we were the better team all game. and we We're unlucky to lose that, and I just don't understand why we don't play like that every game, because with our defence we're not going to be keeping clean sheets if we try to. So it's it just seems like McLaren, the pressure uh, is increasing. And I'd say if we don't win at the weekend, he's probably going to go because. The TV money next year is just too much for him just to stick at the job. As as nice as he is, he's just not doing well at the moment. But, yeah, we'll move on from McLaren because that's just depressing. Um, The transfer window, we needed a striker. We got a striker in Sadu Dumbia. Did well at CSK Moscow. Didn't do too well in Rome, although I think that was um, partly down to a lack of opportunity there. I I think the thing with Dumbia is... um, a lot of people he's sort of famous for being good on fifa which is obviously the the prerequisite for any player these days and it's yes yeah, it's ridiculous but the thing about Dubio is you have to manage him in the right way his body isn't going to let him train all week and play the matches um his former manager at csk was saying that if he he barely trained at them uh he was you know they all the players respected him for not training and they knew that he'd get goals at the, at the weekend and i just I worry that we're not going to treat him in the same way. I think we, McLaren would try and, you know, put him through training and stuff, and I just don't see him getting the best out of Doombier, unfortunately, because I think he could be a really good player if we managed him in the right way. But, yeah, it's it's not really what we need. Uh, then Mitrovic at uh, the weekend uh, yesterday showed why we needed a strike because he missed another sitter. And it's just getting to the point where you just can't defend him anymore. He's just missing too many sitters, and it's just ridiculous. But yeah, we in the, we did all right in the transfer window, I'd say. We got some players in. Whether they're really what we need, I don't think so, but we'll we'll take what we could get. It's a bit of panic stations at Newcastle at the moment. Uh, I think they weren't players we'd sign if we weren't in the position we were in. I don't think we would have signed Shelby. I don't think we would have signed Townsend. We probably would, wouldn't would touch Doombia with a barge pole if we had any, you know, he's, he doesn't fit into our transfer policy at all. But I just think you just see the, the just the panic at the club. And I it's 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 deserved. If you look where we are, there's four clubs at the bottom now just being cut adrift. And we've got Manchester City and Chelsea coming up in the in the coming weeks. We could just be cut adrift at the bottom and it could just be too much to to climb out of. I really do think that it's it's just hugely concerning. I just uh, it just depresses me to think about Newcastle at the moment because I just can't see where our next win is coming from. Mm
2: yeah you mentioned their Steve mcLaren's job may not be very safe uh I saw a couple of people talking to you on twitter, and these are my thoughts as well that if you look on paper, your team is much better than how they're performing.
0: Do you largely put that down to the manager or do you think there's something wrong at, at the club well he, he was coming into a difficult job. I'm not gonna um it it was gonna be hard for him to turn sort of the losing mentality around that existed to change the culture at the club that dated back to the party days and it's it's difficult. I can see the the job that he had was a lot harder than he expected, and it. it but the the performance we saw yesterday, and it was the same as we we've seen before, uh, at Crystal Palace away this season, um, against Watford as well a couple of weeks ago when we probably should have won that game. It's just a it's these sort of days that just remind you of what it was like under Carver and Pardieu, and you just don't think that much has changed under McLaren. I don't feel like he has that much of a strategy. I know he's meant to be a good coach and he's meant to keep morale up, and I'm I'm sure the players love him, but I just don't think he's is ta- tactically he's not getting the best out of this squad. Our squad's all right on paper. I wouldn't say it's great. I think it's definitely not a bottom three squad. I'd I'd go that far. I I definitely think we should be at least solid. You know, anywhere between tenth and fourteenth, I'd say is where we we should be. And I I think you have to blame the manager at some point. You can't you can't keep Blame the players or the transfer policy. I mean, a hundred million has been spent on this squad uh, in the last twelve months. Well, since McLaren took over, hundred million has been spent on these players. It's something ridiculous like that, and you can't, you can't get relegated if you're spending that sort of money, regardless of what you think of the players we're bringing in. I mean, you can't get relegated if you're spending that that amount of money. It's we, uh, it's, the defense isn't great, you know, but. A t- We've only scored something like 24 goals this season in the league. That's less than a goal a game. And there's been a lot of games where we haven't scored. I'd say probably eight or nine matches we haven't scored a single goal. And McLaren's meant to be an attacking minded coach, but tactically, it's he's he's, he's been appalling. It was like at not, uh, Watford, we were going in on the back of two good performances against Badgers, United West Ham. We had all our left backs out, and it just came to the point where he changed the whole system. To a comet, to he just went the three at the back. He changed it all just because we didn't have a recognised left back. And you just think, well, you just if you the system's working in the other matches, so you just think you play a makeshift left back and just sort of put extra cover on that side to sort of make up for the make up for the inexperience. But he's he just changed everything and it ruined any sort of feel good factor around the squad. And yeah, I just I just think he's gonna have to go at the moment. I think with him we will go down. And I think the longer we leave it, the the less chance we have of getting somebody in to sort of correct it. I'm not. I wouldn't know who we would go for. I. It would probably be an Englishman. I'd hate. I'd hate it to be Sherwood. Sure. <laughs> I can Moyes? definitely see that happening. I would think Moyes... Yeah, but it's wouldn't Moyes want to take a job, uh, take the Newcastle job where we are right now? Brendan like, Rodgers. Yeah. I, Ooh. As, as much as Mary Neville, I Brendan Rodgers is made for Newcastle. They I would love take Brendan Rodgers. I would take Brendan Rodgers right now. I think with Brendan Rodgers, I think with with our score at the moment, I think he'd be able to get a lot lot more out of it. And the I attack would, would work. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think I don't think we'd get relegated if we had a Moyes or Rodgers. And could with, the defense
2: power. be worse, which is kind of it, a concern?
0: Yeah, I think it works. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. You couldn't make it any worse than it is at the moment. So, yeah, I'd, if if we do sack McLaren, it's going to be somebody who's English because uh, Ashley won't hire a foreign coach, which is ridiculous. Because if we would have hired, <laughs> a, like, if we would have hired somebody like a Sanchez Flores in the summer, we would be doing a lot better than we are now. But he just mm. doesn't want to go continental. And if you're gonna if you're gonna go for the British approach, you know just get somebody who is proven in the Premier League. I mean, McLaren hasn't managed in the Premier League since, like, two, like 2006. It's some ridiculous. So why why give him the job? I just, hmm. It's just, I just think we're going down.
2: Well, don't worry. I still think the are three teams worse than you, which we'll discuss a little bit later. Uh, Dave, not a whole lot of splashes uh, from Liverpool in the transfer
1: window. Uh, disappointing result against Leicester. What's your take on the club at the moment? I'd much rather talk about Newcastle because it's much funnier than what's going on in Liverpool. Um, <laughs> listening to Jake, what, what he's saying, like it, it is, it's it's a bad situation there, and they go out and they sign all the brainless players uh, with Shelby Townsend and try and bring in Jose Enrique. And as he mentioned, McLaren is playing a defensive strategy when he has no defenders who can actually defend, and Rob Elliot in goal, and you might as well have T.S. Elliot in goal for all the good he is. <laughs> but on to Liverpool, on to Liverpool. Um, Things aren't particularly good at Liverpool at the minute. Um, There's a lot of negativity around the club because the new ticket prices have come out and they include some su- substantial raises in certain areas. Um, There is a walkout being organised for this Saturday's game against Sunderland. Um, people to walk out on the 77th minute in response to the club announcing that there will be some tickets for Anfield next season. Which will cost seventy seven pounds, which is an extortionate amount of money to watch a football game. Um, you could, you know, you could get a couple of months of Sky Sports subscription out of that. Never mind, you know, one one ticket to a football match. So that's not good. That hasn't um, that hasn't helped things, and obviously the results aren't helping. Uh, we played Leicester on Tuesday, and to be fair, we played pretty well for long spells. Um, we were the better team for long spells, and then they scored. Uh, an absolute worldie through Jamie Vardy. Um, you know, you could question Mignolet Maybe should have been, you know, shouldn't have been as far off his line. Lovren definitely should have been closer. But Lovren's an appalling, an appalling football player. So anything he does is not a surprise. The second goal is just a collective mess. But we're used to that at this point. The thing that gets me at the minute with Liverpool fans is like Liverpool fans are surprised when Simon Mignolet doesn't save something that. You know, maybe David De Gea or Courtois might save. Well, he's not them, so why are you surprised? He's he's many levels below them. Liverpool fans are surprised when Liverpool concede poor goals defensively. Liverpool haven't been able to defend for years, so why are you surprised? And Liverpool fans are, are get angry when Liverpool don't create anything. Well, we've got Adam Lalana and James Milner, two brainless players who create nothing. And offer nothing other than lots and lots of really slow running, um. So why are you surprised? Like this is the thing, I don't understand how Liverpool fans are surprised by what's going on at the minute. Um, Jurgen Klopp inherited a mess from a fool. Um, he is going to have to gut this squad. He is going to have to get rid of a lot of players. He can start at the back with Mignolet, contract or no contract. He's not good enough. Uh, maybe as a backup keeper, but certainly not as a starter. Lovren needs to go. Skirtle needs to go. Lucas needs to go. Jose Enrique can be fired out of a cannon into the North Sea. He'd probably think it was, you know, some great publicity op- opportunity. So I'm sure he'd be <laughs> well up for it. Get pictures of it up his in- on his Instagram. Um, you know, Leva, as I said needs to go. Milner should shouldn't be at the club. He's he's a, you know he's a we'll very limited player. Him. Yeah, the fact that he was given the number seven shirt promised the vice captaincy, promised by Brandon Rogers a position in centre midfield and then given a contract with hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week, which he's is a on hundred and
2: fifty thousand pounds. Yes,
1: seven point five million crap. pounds a year. It's a four year contract, which I believe works out at thirty million, and he got a full year as a signing on bonus. So for people who say, Oh well he was free, well no he wasn't because he's gonna cost thirty seven and a half million pounds over the course of a four-year contract. And to put that in context, context, Emre Jean, who is our best midfield player at the minute, over the course of his four-year contract, is going to cost just over half that. And we paid £10 million up front for him. So, you know, we're stuck now with this guy. James Miller will probably retire a Liverpool player. Because unless we can convince him to go to China, nobody's going to take on that contract. Um, moving on from him, Lalana shouldn't be at the club. He just isn't good enough. And um, Benteke is a waste of space. And then you've got the Daniel Sturridge question that hangs over the club and has for months because nobody really knows what's going on with Sturridge. There's obviously physical issues. There's rumoured to be some mental issues, some emotional issues. Uh, I've heard rumours of what what it may be, what what issues he may be facing. I, I won't divulge them because you know they're not out in the public domain, but. If they are true, I can understand why he's not playing at the moment and why he seems so reluctant to maybe play. Um, but at the same time, he's he's a professional football player being paid a lot of money, and Liverpool aren't getting anything for that money. So a question will have to be put against his name for the summer as well. Um, in January, we didn't do anything. We brought in Stephen Calker, That's fine. To play he's forward. Like <laughs> yeah, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a better number nine than Benteke, and he's a better centre-back than or Lovren. So, he, you know, he fills some voids. Um, and if he can get back to his Swansea form, then we have a decent player on loan. Um, we signed Marco Gruzic, young Serbian midfielder. Uh, he'll come in the summer. Very promising player. The big one was Alex Teixeira. We couldn't get the deal done. Now there's rumours that he's, uh, he could be going to China. I don't think he will. I think they'll agree the fee. And I think he'll just say no because he wants to come to England. He wants to play for Brazil. You go to China, you're not going to be playing for Brazil. Like you, might as well go to the moon as go to China. You're just not going to get the Brazilian mm-hmm. squad. You can't get it when you're playing in Ukraine for one of the, you know, a team who are in the Champions League every year, and you're playing well in the Champions League every year, and you can't get the Brazil squad. You're certainly not going to get it if you're in China. So he he'll turn that move down. I'm fairly sure of that. Um, and we'll have to start planning for the summer because we need a lot. We need, uh, I would say, a goalkeeper. At least one centre-back. I would say at least two. We needed one starter one backup. And to be totally honest, I wouldn't be against the sale of Mamadou Sako and the replacement of Mamadou Sakho. Um I love Sako as a player. I think when he's on form, he's as good as anybody in the league. But those days are becoming fewer and fewer because of the injuries, because when he comes back from injury, it always takes him a couple of games to find his rhythm because he has no help from midfield, because Lucas Leiva, it's someone someone has been pulling a horrendous prank on Leva all season, running around and pouring concrete in front of him so the poor chap can't run anywhere. Uh, he's got a clown to his right, a joker to his left, and he's just stuck in the middle. So, you know, with, with him, because of the inconsistency, that would be the reason to maybe let him move on and maybe buy two centre-backs in the... 22 to 24 age range and try and build them into a partnership Um, in an ideal world they would speak the same language, that's one of the problems we have is that Sacco's English isn't great Skirtle doesn't speak French Lovren, despite playing in France for three years, can barely speak a lick of French Um, Colo Touré I don't think actually speaks he just shouts and makes noises and waves his arms and claps himself when he does anything Uh you know, Colo plays a five yard ball and is applauding himself, which is just one of the most mental things I've ever seen. Um but we're just yeah, we're a bit of a mess at the minute. But we have the right manager. We have one of the best managers in Europe. I think I think any club in England, maybe not Spurs because of what Pochettino could become. Pochettino is a, a very much a, a Klopp-esque manager, mm. very similar mindset, very similar tactical plan. Um, but I think any other club would take Klopp um, City obviously are going to get Guardiola so that, that's them out but Chelsea United you know Arsenal would take him in a second if if Wenger was stepping down I think Jake would be quite happy to have Klopp in, in tune you know so we have the right man we just have to have patience he's here for a long time so long term I'm I'm happy with where things are because I know we have the right guy at the minute it's just a bit of a mess but it, you know there's nothing to be surprised about. Rogers right. left a, a shambles.
2: Yeah, uh, and you addressed the squad there. Uh, I mentioned specifically Lalana and Milner, and mm. uh, I spoke about this with um, your your compadre over there, Steve Gennaro, when we talk on thir- uh, on Tuesday morning. Sorry, uh, and on allinsportstalk.com. Exactly. Yeah, go there. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shame but loved it. Um, but and I came up with it on the fly, and then I kind of realized. It's how I feel about it, which is that Liverpool signings are the perfect counter-evidence to you need Premier League experienced players. Mm. Carroll, Adam, Lalana, Lovren, Milner, and Benteke, all of whom you overpaid for, Massive. were all overpaid for
1: because they have "quote unquote" Premier, Premier League, Premier League experience. experience.
2: Is this something that you kind of
1: echo and and Kev? Is... I have been beating the drum on this mm. Premier League proven nonsense for about four years now. And the fact that people can't see it in front of their eyes amazes me. We under dog leash just had no knowledge of the European game. Like Suarez was not his signing. Carroll was a player he wanted. But as soon as he took over, um, he wanted Carroll. Damien Camole wanted Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, who's now one of hey, the best strikers in Europe. Um, but but Kenny wanted. Andy Carroll so we signed Andy Carroll for 35 million when at best he was a 10 million pound player you're still welcome for all that money Jake um we then proceeded to spend 20 million on Stuart Downing when Marco Royce was on the table and Eric Lamella was on the table and we could have probably had both of them for at the time for around what we paid for Stuart Downing who flopped spectacularly and was sold for six million we sold Carroll I think for 17 to West Ham and I, I don't think they're very happy with how they've spent their money considering the amount of time he's missed hmm. um, we signed Adam because his corners were allegedly worth 10 million according to <laughs> one Scotsman so another Scotsman bought that line and spent money on him when Camoli had Blasma Matuide, one of the best defensive midfielders in the world now, lined up to come in, fee agreed, deal agreed, Kenny didn't want him, didn't know who he was um, so that summer alone showed that Premier League proven was was nonsense. We signed Enrique as well that summer, and it was just he was just he's been a comedy figure ever <laughs> since. Um, then you know you think lessons would be learned. You would genuinely think lessons would be learned, but no. As soon as Rogers got control of transfers after the 13-14 season, he went out and he splashed twenty million on Dejan Lovren, who's about an eight million pound defender at best. He spent twenty five million on Adam Lallana, who's a ten to twelve million player at best. Then, you know, it, it became even more comical the summer gone when he spent £32 million on Benteke. And what what has always amused me is that uh, Tony Barrett, a well-respected journalist for The Times, said about a month before we signed him, if anyone pays £32 million pound for Christian Benteke, the FBI should be called in to follow the money trail. <laughs> Liverpool spent £32 million, pound and not once did he question that publicly then afterwards. I'm like, you're going to write it before he signs, write it after he signs as well and put the question to the manager of why have you overpaid for this player and and then obviously we gave milner the godfather contract like i'm amazed he doesn't have shares in the club with what he was given y- you would think like what liverpool have become is this club who don't seem to be able to get out from under their own feet they're a bit of a laughing stock to a lot of people and to other clubs what they are is you know that's the club who'll overpay if we sit back they will pay our asking fee I think that's what Shakhtar were hoping for. They probably looked at our track yeah. record and went, "These idiots paid 32 million for Benteke. We're not selling Alex Teixeira for 25 million. He's going to cost 38 million. That's what we want. Let's sit back and and wait for it. If we get it great, if we don't, we'll keep him." And like Benteke, like all you have to do is watch his performance in the FA Cup final to see what a bang-average player he is. What a terribly lazy player he is, how unfit or unsuited he was to play in any type of free flowing possession football. And yet Rodgers goes out and signs him. And the, the the best thing about it is he only, Benteke's only ever good playing up front on his own, in either a, as a one or in the middle of a three. Well, we already had Daniel Sturridge. Now, whether or not he's fit is irrelevant. Daniel Sturridge is only good in a one as well. Like when, when when him and Suarez played up front as a two they weren't actually that good together as a two when they really shone within the three when it was Suarez one side Sturridge in the middle and Sterling the other side that's what tore the Premier League apart so the idea that Sturridge and Benteke were going to play together was nonsense from the start Rodgers mm-hmm. bought this guy to replace Sturridge because he didn't trust Sturridge to get fit again so you have I would say one of the six or seven best strikers in Europe when he's fit Daniel Sturridge and you buy a guy who at best is probably the 7th or 8th best striker in the Premier League, and you pay £32 million for him. Like, that is long-term damage been done to your club in terms of your squad, because it's going to be hard to get rid of him, and in terms of how other clubs will view you, because they'll just look at you and go, well, you'll you pay anything. You're yeah. idiots. You You will pay anything. I think a large portion of the misrepresentation
2: of Benteke's ability is this kind of televised age that we live in, because all oh, you saw was when Benteke was good. Exactly, yeah. you didn't see the full ninety minutes where he was failing same, to contribute L'Lan. even in a Villa side.
0: Yeah, L'Lana, it was yeah. the same. Benteke was bad for like twelve months. Like yeah. I like the twelve preceding months. <laughs> he, he had a
1: great first season in the Premier League. Yeah, lots of strikers have a great first season in the Premier League. There's lots of strikers have that fluke first season. Mm. Me Look you. Yeah, look at Papi Sisi. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. You know. Yeah. Look at Nick, uh, Nikita Yelovich when he came into Everton. He was unbelievable.
2: I, to this day, I will forever remember that we very briefly had some Everton uh, fans come on. And one of them was right after that deadline closed. And so they got Yelovich, and you got Suarez. And if you recall, Suarez did not get off to a hot start. And I vividly remember Everton fans gloating about how great Jelovic <laughs> was. And, like, There's, they spent all this money on Suarez. We yeah, got Jelovic. I'm athletes, not even sure where he is
0: now. Didn't floating, West Ham try to sell I,
1: him? I think he's at West Ham. He, he's well, he up was. to China, I think. I think. Best mm. place for him. <laughs> um, stacking plates on a you know, shelf would be better for him, in fact. Um, yeah, like, it's just... Crazy, like, but you Mm. look at that. Like, look at our best Liverpool's best signings over the last years. Daniel Sturridge is the only really good signing we've made that was from England, from Chelsea. And he, but he wasn't Premier League proven because he barely played. He was a winger at the time, yeah. And he'd had a really good loan spell at Bolton, but he was always this guy who, oh, well, he hasn't fulfilled his potential or he's injury prone or he has a bad attitude. He was a gamble. There was nothing Premier League proven about him, yeah. We signed Coutinho from Inter Milan. We signed Suarez from Ajax. Um, Jordan Henderson was a good Premier League boy. But at, at the same time, yeah. when we bought him, he wasn't a six. player. He was overpaid. And he didn't, and
2: only recently and he took, became this player. He took player. two and a half
1: years to settle yeah. in. Like, yeah. His first year was terrible. And Rodgers tried to get rid of him. He wanted to swap him. He actually Rodgers wanted to give him and money for Clint Dempsey. Who oh. I believe you bought for mm. 6 million pounds about three yeah, days deadline later. Day. Yeah. Which tells you all about how he was rated right at Liverpool. Mm. So you know, like Liverpool have bought other good players from abroad, but not from the Premier League. Emre Jean from Germany, that was a great um game. Sacco from from France. I think Markovic is going to be a really good player once he plays under a real manager. So yeah. like he's been brilliant for Fenerbahce this year, and he's coming back next season. So like you look at what Spurs have done. Like look at all your your better players. Like yeah. Hugo Lloris, uh, Toby Alderweireld. I know Alderweireld played in the Premier League, but you bought him from abroad. Yeah. Jan Vertonghen. Uh, Eric and then Dart. the young players are players that we're they, bringing through, not, Dele ones that Alley, not yeah. Premier League proven. Yeah. Um, Christian Eriksen, Eric Lamella. Mm-hmm. I know he hasn't really set the world alight yet, but he, Son he's is getting going there to finally. Leave him. He, yeah. Lamella has, I think, has been really good this year. Yeah. And when Spurs figure out a way to get him Ericsson. Lamella, Eriksen, Ali, Son, and Kane in the one team. Mm. Now you're probably going to have to go out and buy an absolute worldly defensive midfield. You remember the last I, time we I spoke? I have
2: a, a tip on this. I'll talk in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So what,
1: what I said to you the last time we spoke was I thought Spurs need one great player. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out what it is. It's a defensive midfielder because if you buy a great defensive midfielder, you can push. You, you can play a three. You can play Ali, the great defensive midfielder, and, and Eriksen as yeah. as a three, and then you put the other three up front and you'd be terrified and then you have dembele coming off the bench with his yeah. physical presence and he's good again which is great and you still ha- you still <laughs> have dyer who can play a bunch of positions mm-hmm. you've got good depth at both fullback spots i wouldn't say you have a, any any outstanding fullbacks but no. you have four competent but any guys.
2: of them can be outstanding that's the weird that's thing
1: the great thing about them is that when walker's missing trippier plays they're very similar mm-hmm. when rose plays or when rose is out Davis plays they're very similar players you don't lose anything yeah you, you I was, still play <laughs> the same way
2: I was watching the matches with uh, a couple of friends and I was commenting that the the crazy thing about the Trippier to Walker swap is every time I see one of them I'm like oh he's so blank we should always play him when yeah. we play Trippier he sends in so many great crosses but you're like oh we really missed that pace and then Walker mm-hmm. plays you're like oh so much pace but you missed the crosses yeah but but, but I the love thing that is, like
1: yeah. you've built your team from abroad uh city have built their team largely from abroad um look at leicester's two best players maris (laughs) and kante where did they come from they came from abroad i think they probably cost about three million quid combined Mm. you know you 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 find your value abroad you you don't find it in england
2: very well said and in case you were feeling uh bad about how liverpool did operate those harry redknapp said no to suarez because he didn't think he'd play well with vondervaart um and Harry Redknapp should just stick to hanging their car windows. <laughs> and he can't even do that anymore because Ugh. he is no longer relevant. Okay, um, so on to Tottenham. We did just talk about us a little bit, but uh, I'll start with the match. Tottenham beat Norwich 3-0 and what ended up being one of our easiest wins of the season. Uh, they pushed us for maybe 15 minutes of the 90, but there was really only ever going to be one result. Uh, Harry Kane really impressed me in this match, not just because of the two goals he scored, one was a penalty, but weirdly two of his misses and then his reaction to it really gave me a lot of confidence in him because his first uh, attempt came from a very narrow angle on the left he beats the keeper but hits the near post bounces back at him falls to nothing later in the match he's running down the right channel has the ball he goes for the shot that he does so often drifting right shooting left with his right foot Hits the post square, bounces right back out after it looked like it was going to be a goal. Then he finds himself in the exact same situation. Same right channel, very similar ball, although it's Erickson getting a nutmeg tackle. I don't know if there's a term for that, but if there is, let me know. Um, And he pokes it forward to Kane, almost same situation, defender in a very similar position, and instead of trying to shoot it across his body and across the keeper, he opened himself up, took it left, and curled it in. And... I know that doesn't sound remarkable, but it's the things like that that are why Kane was never going to be a one-season wonder. He works way too hard. He has too natural a foot and too natural a finish. Um, And I've mentioned many times before, there was an interview with Brad Friedel where he was talking about how it was impressive how many different ways Kane could take a shot on goal. So, uh, very impressed by that. I know it doesn't sound like news-breaking stuff, but for the people that were like, oh, he was a one-season wonder, we mentioned some earlier with Meet you and the like but there was only going to be one way that his arrow would point and it was upwards and he really is showing that now um del ali had a goal and an iffy penalty call was removed at halftime we thought it was a stomach bug because we were hearing that he was throwing up but he's being tested for dizziness still which sounds kind of head injury esque. maybe just a migraine i don't know maybe he's pregnant who knows um, but I would expect him to be fit for the weekend. Erickson had two assists. I mentioned one of them earlier. Uh, he's finally getting back to form, which is great. And unfortunately, to your point, Dave, it's happened while Sun's been in the side and not LaMela. And and LaMela has been very good this season. And mm-hmm. Eriksson has been shunted out left, largely, I think, because LaMela always cuts in. He always cuts off Erickson. I've only been saying that for two years now. Um, but... It doesn't work with Ericsson fully on the left. What we're doing now is Ericsson and Ali are kind of flip-flopping on the left because we can't play any of our actual left-wingers because they have to be supplemental strikers. Um, but it does seem like Ericsson is finally finding form. LaMela has dropped from the side. We'll have Europa League soon. We'll see how we do against Fiorentina. Um, hopefully we'll be able to figure it out a bit more then. But I do agree that it's very important that we try to figure that out sometime soon. Um But where this match left us uh, was very solid, Uh, uh, with us currently in third place, which is not to brag, because I'll get a lot of crap for it, but ahead of Arsenal. And we have the best goal difference in the league on plus 25, which is remarkable. I know we like stats on this show. Here's one of my favorites of all time. Tottenham's allowed goals per game this season is Tottenham's best since 1886. That was a while
1: ago. Um, you have a tremendous defense. Yeah, it, it's astounding. You, you, have, and, you have a world-class goalkeeper, a yep. central defensive pairing that know what they're doing. And it was really, Vimmer.
2: Because Vertonghen's yeah. out, and Vimmer stepped in and did not miss a beat. It, it was, uh, really was you incredible. Have, you
1: have, yeah, that's the thing. You, you have exchangeable parts. Like, yeah. So even though the reserves are clearly not as good as the starters, they can come in, they fit the as position. As long as there's they're one. Not, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, it's, as you said before we came on air, what Pochettino said he doesn't play right at the centre backs at left side because he you, you doesn't want to ask people to play out of position right. he wants two guys for every role he wants that unit, Dier Vertonghen, Alderweireld and Loris, and then he has backups for each role who are similar enough players mm. in those roles that the team doesn't change, the strategy doesn't change and he's a fantastic manager and he has them drilled brilliantly yeah. and for like, Kev I just have to say this like there were lots and lots of morons who support your club who were calling for him to be sacked last oh, year. I know, I know. This time last year, they uh, were calling for him to be sacked. They should all be ashamed of themselves. For
2: being in sixth, which was how yeah. good our squad was last year, by the yeah, way. That was exactly. an accurate but assessment. As, like,
1: as we said on this podcast, around the same time, yeah. if Liverpool had had Pochettino mm. and Spurs had had Brendan Rodgers, Liverpool would have been top four and Spurs would have been about 10th. Yeah, That's the difference in the squad's Pochettino has done an incredible job and Spurs better get him locked up to a big, big contract. Yeah, he is next team, up on the
2: contract yeah, line.
1: Because United and Chelsea will come sniffing.
2: Yeah. Um, although one of the more exciting things I've heard, while the press was all getting super excited over um, Pochettino to Chelsea or Manchester United, uh, very underreported was Pellegrini mentioning that he wants to stay in the Premier League. I don't know why this was not addressed more because that leaves one job for me. New I think is <laughs> right Everton I think it's Chelsea I
1: think if they don't get Conte that's probably yeah what I think he because goes to Chelsea and
2: I think solution. Mourinho goes to United and I think it's not really an issue for us although like I said Pochettino is next on the Tottenham uh, uh, conveyor belt of contract signings um, See,
1: I, I think I think Jose will leave England yeah. I think he'll go to PSG and I think the guy Ooh, who's in charge of PSG now is he'll yeah. go to United and Laurent Blanc yeah because he'll be have to Ferguson. He Ferguson. We wanted we wanted
2: Blanc before we got ABB. Yeah, you we he's, he's not Ferguson. <laughs> well, ABB didn't end up being that great either. No. Um, all right, uh, so deadline day, just like you guys were saying, kind of a bust for us, as it was for most clubs near the top of the table. Barajino was a non-starter on deadline day. They kept reporting it. I, I don't want to throw Sky too far under the bus, because, you know, job prospects 10 years from now. but um, my favorite thing is they cut to the guy that was at West Brom, and he was like, absolutely no way a deal gets done for Barahino today. Cut back to the studio, but if Barahino moves, Mm. what, your guy, the guy you're paying, who has just talked to a board member, according to him, said no deal was happening, and then I had to listen for five hours while you talked about what was going to happen with Barahino.
1: There were Uh prolonged talks about him between Spurs and West Brom. Mm, and earlier, West earlier Bro- in the e- earlier in the month, I yeah. I messaged you at the time. I'd heard it from yeah. someone very reliable, and the money that West Brom were asking was, was just insane. Yeah. And obviously, Newcastle went from as well, and just the money was in- was insane. So they yep. ended up with with on loan, and they'll reassess in the summer, and I'm sure you guys will as well. Yeah, the, and
0: the, the Berahino, he's not going to go for that sort of money in the summer because he's got 12 months left. Like he, it's going to be like Austin. He's going to have to go for a reduced fee. Next like, winter <laughs> yeah, they they, they, they can't ask for twenty billion again. They just can't. You,
1: you've you've got to know that QPR are sick though, don't you? Yeah. Like demanding fifteen million when eleven and twelve was sitting on the table. Yeah, he's not they're made any difference And then, and then Austin's yeah, the no, one that made the difference because it's in exactly. his wages. Yeah. And they're not going to come up this.
0: It's the Premier League this season. No. No, they if they did so, though, that, you could understand it it's the Premier League money you know it's so, oh yeah that's had, the only had thing he, that I stayed
1: and banged in goals yeah you, you'd right. nearly have kept them till summer if was nine i
2: think in the championship't
0: yeah, yeah, if, it if up, they but.
1: were in a position where they might have come up they definitely would have kept him till summer come up and let him go on a free because the money you're going to get from him in the premier League is is you know unprecedented hmm. they would have just let him walk and it wouldn't have made a difference because they would have been getting that hundred million Pound check yeah. For the TV rights But now they're just you know, they're a mess.
2: Yeah. Tottenham, Tottenham's concern And this is, has been confirmed since And I'll, I'll expand on this a touch later But um, was not just the attitude Although Pochettino did become concerned Because he didn't kick on from the summer But that everybody was saying This was the move that Barrino wanted But were forgetting that he was going to come to a club Where he'd be second fiddle to Kane So he'd be going on the bench there To on the bench here and if he caused the same kind of issues, it would have disrupted the squad. That, combined with the fee, we lost interest fairly quickly. Dembele Mark II was predicated upon us paying his fee and his wages while he played at Fulham while we needed mm. striker depth. That makes very little sense.
1: You'll get him in the summer.
2: I also think so. Although, we do have uh, Monaco and Juve that are sniffing around there. Uh, but I do yeah, think it he, seems a natural move that for
1: move. us. That's the move he yeah. wants. He wants to go to Spurs.
2: I think that makes a lot of sense as well. Um, that didn't work out. Like we were saying, he's on a quote-unquote free. There will be a tribunal and all of that. Uh, But Son and Chadley playing up front for us behind Kane from here on out. Also on the Berrino deal, um, Robbie Earle, who is one of the better commentators we have here in the States, um, made an excellent point, which was, if Berrino comes to Tottenham, A, he's not super match fit right now. We've all noticed that he's been putting on weight. But also, he's already cup-tied in the FA Cup. So mm-hmm. the only competition he'd play in for us is the Europa League, where we're playing Fiorentina, who bounced us last year. So putting forward that kind of money for potentially just two matches is something we were not willing to do, which I fully understand. Um, Plus, you have yeah. Son. Son can play up front. And yeah. he's fit. He can play
1: up front. He no. can.
2: Um, Vertonghen injury, many people thought we'd be in for a center half. We were not. Bentaleb back means that Dyer can slot back into right center back, at least as cover. Uh, and <laughs> Poch prefers... Cameron Carter Vickers, up-and-coming, USA under-20, and all-around way too buff for his age, center-back. Uh, he prefers him to Fazio, who we loaned back to Sevilla because they're the only club that still think he's good. <laughs> um, because you asked really, really, really nicely, yeah. and they said... Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you already gave us $9 million from, we'll be nice. We'll today. take him back for nothing, right. Uh, Townsend and Milos Velkovich are the only two that left on permanent deals. Pritchard and Fazio leaving on loans, no incomings. There was a lot of speculation, uh, obviously, as to why we didn't bring in striker depth. Um, and Lyle Thomas, who covers Tottenham uh, for Sky Sports, not not a whole lot of love for a lot of those guys, but Lyle Thomas does seem to know what he's talking about with Tottenham, uh, mentioned that Pochettino was very hesitant towards bringing in a second striker, which we already knew, but particularly because of the Osvaldo fiasco that happened at Southampton. Where he brought him in disrupted the squad. Then they had to let him go for almost nothing. Um, and as the squad harmony is really one of the most positive things at the club at the moment, he was against bringing in just anyone and was going to wait for the right personality to bring in. Add that to Daniel Levy, who would every day prefer to keep money in his pocket rather than spend it. I'm surprised it, it was didn't very unlikely. Charlie Austin. Yeah, as was I, but for
1: uh, the money, he doesn't fit the sell-on value, and we aren't no, willing well, to if budge you get him on that. For Four million, you're gonna, you, you'll get eight for him.
2: Yeah, well, it, and he's
1: he's known as a good guy in the locker room, you know. So I I agree with you, but
2: it wasn't something that Levy was seriously looking at. As you mentioned, I think Dembele, Mark II in the summer makes a lot of sense. Mm. I had uh, the pleasure of speaking to Andrew Gibney midweek, and it was just about everything French football. Um, we are interested in La Cazette. Uh, and a lot of people are as well. (laughs) I know. Um, uh, But we are interested in Lacazette, and it made a formal move for Batshuai, but they just said, we're not listening right now. Talk to us in the summer. Um, Those are strange, though. They are. They don't really fit us particularly. They they don't
1: play. like You guys play one striker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they'd be backups, which is crazy. And they're both better than Harry Kane. Ooh. mm, I'd agree with you
2: on Lacazette. I don't know. I'm not saying future. I'm saying right now. Right now,
1: Michi's better mm. than Lacazette. Are better than Kane he is he, he's, 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 a, he's a better all round player he's got more pace he's a better finisher Kane's a good Kane's developing as a good player I actually don't think Kane wants to be a number nine he doesn't I think he, did, I think he had Kane, the choice
2: Kane, very simply if you're talking about the numerical
1: order of yeah, where he wants to play Kane he had the choice of the 9 or the 10 kit and he wants ten. to be Teddy Shering yeah. he wants to play all he does
2: right? I I uh, was tweeting back with Jed Davis who used to come on every great now guy. and again great guy yeah absolutely and we were talking about the tactics of England's summer setup and the idea of Vardy up top with Kane right behind him is kind of perfect I, I I really like it's that that fit, idea. Though it, ha- it has to. Be okay. Storage. Yeah, but <laughs> but the same same. <laughs> that's the most hilarious if yeah. yeah yeah where you have somebody that's stretching the defense and then Kane working in behind has an excellent long shot on him can also distribute the ball well and hold up play. I, I do think that that will work out very well. As I've said before in the summer, you talked about a defensive midfielder. He's not an outright defensive midfielder, but I will reiterate again: if we make Champions League. I think it is much more likely than not that we sign Axel Witzel. There's been Mm -hmm. a lot of love being spewed back and forth publicly in the media from Witzel towards us. Pochettino has done that thing where he's like, we'd be interested in a player that has these traits, and then it's
1: exactly that. Just like he (laughs) countered... Yeah. Two (laughs) of his very close friends play center back for you. Mm -hmm. He's very close friends at Moussa Dembele. He plays as the defensive midfielder... Of a three. ...for the Belgian national team. Yeah. He it, is it makes a tremendous so player. So much sense, it makes and like sense I said, he's to
2: name-dropped Tottenham for the summer. Said he wouldn't move yeah. in January. Would be interested in the summer. We went in last summer a bit too late, which is why we had to play Dyer there. But a lot of stuff like that. Just like Pochettino said, he doesn't want players that are disruptive. Which was like him glaring at Sedu Barahino. He's been <laughs> upping. He's been upping Vitzel's uh, defensive prowess and his work rate. Although not naming him, it seems very likely. So I will again say Vitzel to Tottenham. If, yeah, if sports so. betting was legal in the States everywhere, that would be something that I'd be looking at. Um, and it allows Dyer to move back to center back, which answers that, ans- answers that question. So I think that's the way to go. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods,
1: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: We, our intros just took about 40 minutes. So we're going to need to move very quickly here on the topic. I'll leave it up to you guys. Would you rather talk about your top fours and bottom threes, or who won the transfer window?
1: Top four and bottom three for me. Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: Well, then we'll launch from there. Obviously, a lot of people still surprised. Leicester undo Liverpool still sitting top of the table. Is there any way that they win the title? Who do you have?
0: Um. Well... When we discussed this last time, I think it was actually us three again when we talked about this. I was thinking about this out when I was yeah, out in was. Colorado,
2: like right around Christmas. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, I. At that moment, I think I tipped Arsenal to win the league, and it to be City, Leicester, and Man United to complete the top four. I, I, which was kind of crazy. Now I think I had Leicester drop it out for Tottenham, but hmm. but now I think you look at it, you you have you have to think the top four at, as it is at the moment has to be the top four. I, I can't see Manchester United getting into it. They're too inconsistent. Despite Rooney scoring just enough goals to get the media office back before the Euros. Um, and Liverpool, and yeah, I, d- I don't think they're going to finish at the top four. So, you know, I no. think... And, and, nor Chelsea either, cause, or anybody around there, you know. it's, it's literally, I think it's going to be the top four as it is at the moment. And I think it's going to be City, Tottenham, Arsenal, Leicester, I think, in that order. Hmm. Yeah, I think... I think City will win the league because you know their squad's just the best, and they're starting to click away from home as well as as well as at home. So I think that's going to be that they're going to win it, and then Arsenal are going to just run out of steam in the last last few uh, last ten matches, I think, and probably go on a bit of a dodgy run and you know slip behind Tottenham as well. And Leicester, they've got enough winnable games to come to like maintain a position in the top four. So I think that's I think that's pretty much done. I think. Those four teams, definitely, any of them could win it, but I think City are most likely. Bottom three, I think Villa are gone, so you can exclude them. Ooh, the whole I Remy guard
2: it... situation is a mess.
1: <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah. if, oh. if, here's another bet for you. He won't be at, at Villa next week. <laughs> oh, no,
2: absolutely not.
1: <laughs> I, I'd be surprised if he's still there at the end of the season. Wow. Yeah. I, well, I he, he talked
2: about potentially resigning. They, he... they promised him that they would back him in the window and then bought literally no one. Nobody. Also, actually, a question on Liverpool. Do you hmm. think Klopp was told that
1: they'd make no moves in January? Because I doubt it. No, no. no I Klopp, Klopp was the one who made the decision not to buy any Really? Hmm. Yeah, Alex Teixeira, they, the, 100% the owner said they would pay the money. And so Klopp maybe that's no. a
2: sign of Liverpool turning it around, because that's exactly what I we're think, doing. Is waiting for the right guy.
1: Klopp, yeah, I, that's exactly what it is. I think Teixeira was probably plan B. I think Klopp in his head had plan A for that position. And maybe thought, if I can get to share it for 10 million less than my plan a and get him now then it's worth doing but if he's going to cost the same or more I might as well wait till the summer and get the guy I want so mm. I think that's what's happened there but the club the club were definitely prepared to back him there's no question but the, you know the thing just... about
0: that is as well though it's um you know Liverpool aren't going to really achieve that much now given their position unless something, you know, dramatically goes right and I don't think they've got the squad to do that. So, you know, there's no point in spending. Well, they might win the get Cup. Well, they've got a good, they could do that with their squad at the moment. It's pointless to spend money on just mm. just one or two competitions. You might as well just wait and I guess I think that's the the problem with which have, um problem with people at the moment like people in the media comparing Klopp to Rodgers. It's like, yeah, they've got pretty similar records, but that squad has a limit and it's very much hitting that limit. Like well, you yeah. can't expect it to turn them into like title winners in with that squad. So it's just
1: Yeah, and they ignored the fact that Rogers at the club three and a half years, Klopp has been at the club three and a half months. There is a bit of a difference. This isn't his squad as you said. So like it's strange. The only thing that by like if you bought to because Shakhtar are in the O uh, u the Europa League, he couldn't play and the Europa League is now our only real chance at top four of Champions League rather for next year and we're not going to win it because there's just so many good teams I, I think Dortmund look incredible
2: yeah.
1: Um, you guys are obviously in it Fiorentina there's a really really strong Europa League now and um, I think they just looked at it and went it's not worthwhile if he's not going to be able to play in that competition oh was one... he already because uh... he played in the Champions League for Shakhtar if they were still in the Champions League he could play in the Europa League but the fact but that they they're in down. the Europa League he can't play. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, we, the same thing happened to us when we bought Suarez a few years back. Oh yeah with play. Ajax, yeah. Yeah, so um yeah, like so what are you buying to share for to win the Capital One Cup and the FA Cup? Like as Jake said, we have a good chance of beating City in the Capital One Cup. We've already beaten them this season. And like the FA Cup we're not really taking all that seriously. Like Klopp has paid kids in each game so far. Um but yeah, I've got the same top four as, as Jake. I've got I've got City first, Spurs second, Arsenal third, and Leicester fourth. Um just to give you the magic number is plus thirty. If you hmm. get a goal difference of plus thirty, you will get top four. The last thirty years across the top five leagues in, in Europe, only one team has had a goal difference of plus thirty and not finished in the top four. And that was Fiorentina off the back Ooh. of Calciapoli, where they actually yeah. had point, uh, points deducted. By their points, they were actually in the top four. So you, you finished plus 30, you're going to be top four. Wow.
2: And that's crazy likely for us.
1: Yeah, and you're plus 25 Ooh. right now. You have wow. the best defense in the that? league. Best defense in the league. And you have the second best attack, joint second best attack with Leicester uh, after City, only scored two goals less. City are plus 23, yeah. Leicester are plus 18. Arsenal are plus 10 and then United and West Ham are sorry, Arsenal are plus 15 and United and, and West Ham are plus 10 so I think Spurs and City can be confident that they'll be top four, Um, I think Leicester at this point, Leicester now sit 10 points ahead of United I can't see United catching them, like if there's one team that I could see maybe dropping out, it's Arsenal but they have Wenger and Wenger doesn't know how to not finish in the top four yeah so yeah, I'll say City, Spurs although I would prefer Spurs to win the league of, of all these clubs. Oh me too. <laughs> um Arsenal and Leicester. Yeah. Um
2: I am much more pessimistic about it because I, I 'cause you're watch a Spurs us, fan. Right, and that's that's exactly how that works. And I have no reason to doubt Poch or this side. I'm just waiting for it to just all disappear like sand through our fingers. Um God, I hate that word. <laughs> um, but hard to argue, although um, I do think that... Oh, man, it's so hard. Okay, because my whole argument for why we haven't been making top four isn't that we can't show up in big games. We actually do that surprisingly well, except for under AVB. But uh, my issue was always our consistency. But now we're consistent, and it just makes me feel weird
0: inside. Um I we only think, lost
2: three games all
1: season.
0: I know
2: it's, it. It really? honestly is ridiculous. Great run. He um, gave
0: us three points. It was it was charity at the time. You're welcome. You better stay we up because of need, that. We <laughs> um, we'll beat Sunderland
2: again for you. Um, but uh, I, I right now I have I did uh, I did the math version after De Bruyne got injured based on remaining schedule and. Uh, their win percentage uh, while he was injured or while he, before he had signed. And came up with Man City winning the league on 80 points, which is crazy low, by the way. Lowest since mm. 2010. Arsenal on 79. Leicester and Tottenham both on 73, which would go to Tottenham on uh, the tiebreak of goal difference. Exactly. And since we're ahead of City, Spurs literally have a free point on every club in the Premier League. Which is really staggering, to be honest. Um, United on 71, Liverpool on 67, and West Ham on 62. With the transfers that happened, I think that Stoke jumped West Ham. And I think, potentially, they could jump. One of United or Liverpool, depending on who decides to be the less impressive. They,
1: they won the, the transfer window. Yeah, that's exactly. So, what, they break,
2: that's exactly what I was going to say. They did the most out of the teams in the mid-table to like mm. force themselves up into the European conversation. Um, although not very good at Porto, but was very good in France. So I think great, we're just going to give him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, my top four. I I think I'm going to go with that. I think City and Arsenal. I think are the two best teams. I think Tottenham are... Mm, everything's going too well at the moment. That isn't just a, I'm a Tottenham fan. I'm saying just from a analysis perspective, everything is going right. We're creating the most shots on target. We're converting the most amount of those shots on target in the league. We, we're facing the most shots on target, but we still have the best defense in the league. At some point, you'd think some of that regresses. Not to be out of the top four by any stretch. I think we're easily top four. I think we're, like I've said before, I think we're exactly the fourth best team right now. Um, It's hard to argue with Leicester. You have to think they fall off. With Leicester, I said this on allinsportstalk.com as well, (laughs) but uh, the the three matches that they had coming up, this was Tuesday morning, was Liverpool, City, Arsenal. And I said if they came away with four points from those, they could be confident. They already picked up three of them. So a draw against City or Arsenal, both away matches, by the way, which is not... Great, but it would be very telling if they got yeah. points there. And then their last three are United, Everton, Chelsea. So their, their season, you know, a lot of teams, if you beat the teams that you're supposed to beat and lose to the ones that you aren't supposed to beat, you're still going to be in and around top four. Mm. I think that that is the opposite for Leicester. I think if they win the big matches, they'll be okay. But, I, you know, they can drop points to anyone. They just haven't. Uh, and again, regressing to the mean could happen. What were you going to say, Dave?
1: I was just going to say, um, like... I I totally agree like if you beat the team's you're supposed to be, you you will get there. Um they do like they do have a tough run. Yeah. Um but the thing is they are set up really well to play away from home. Mm-hmm. They defend as a unit. They've got a really aggressive hyper um you know, a defensive midfielder who just tackles everything. <laughs> um brilliant story about him recently where Casper Schmeichel said that when he was signed Schmeichel said to him, Look, if you need a car, a friend of mine has a has a you know a car dealership, he he'll lease you a car. And Kante replied, why would I need a car? I can just run everywhere. Um, (laughs) mental, like absolutely mental. Um but like with Vardy's pace and Mares' pace and trickery, they're they're set up to play away from home. Yeah. You know, so it'd be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. I I, I, (laughs) I do disagree. I think I think Spurs are a better team than Arsenal. Mm. But I think our sore power. Arsenal have the better individuals yeah, in terms of Sanchez exactly. and Utsil. Yeah. The, the thing um,
0: with Arsenal is they can't go, like, they're the one team in the top four that I could see if everything yes. clicks. up going on a massive winning run. Yeah. I don't see that with City or Spurs. Like
2: True. Also, you were mentioning about how Tottenham need to figure out Ericsson, LaMela, and and everyone else. Arsenal have a similar problem. They can, if you Venn diagrammed it, and you have Giroud, Otsil, and Sanchez, you can get two of them to play well any week. Yeah. But they just cannot get all three going, which
1: is, is a very uh, bad problem to have. They need either Walcott or Oxley chamber Walcott, or Walcott or, like, plays so
2: well. much better with Sanchez than Giroud yeah. does. So much better. Um, so. But yeah, and, and I agree on uh, all of your lesser points. In fact, when Tottenham played Leicester three times in two weeks, a lot of Spurs fans came away and they are like, oh, I actually hated playing Leicester. All they do is defend and then break its speed. I was mm-hmm. like, what have you been watching all season? And then I realized, kind of like the Benteke thing, They've been watching Match of the Day. Match of the Day. Yeah. yeah. So you see all the counterattacks. You're like, wow, how did they catch that other team so off guard? Because they were setting up to defend. Everybody thinks they're playing this brilliant football for 90 minutes. They're playing that brilliant football for 30
1: minutes. Max. Yeah. 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 And, and they're not like this idea that they're this free-flowing team. They play a lot of long balls. Yeah. A lot of long. Like Both that Vardy goals goal came. that
2: everybody thinks is better than the Ali goal, which it's not, um, yeah. was Mahrez just lumping it forward yeah. and then Var- <laughs> Vardy lumping it into goal.
1: And the second the second goal was a big thump down the field as well. Lovren was out of position and Sacco got caught between where he should be and where Lovren should be. And the ball landed in the one spot he couldn't get to. So you had all these idiots saying, oh, well, Sacco let the ball bounce Unless he had eleven foot long legs, <laughs> there was no possible way for him to make up that ground. Like. Yeah. All um, right, uh, Dave. You and I have our relegation candidates to go. I'll let you go first. Um, well, I think I think we'll all agree that Villa are gone. Absolutely. Um, because they're a shocking mess. This has been coming for years. Um, the owners, I think, want them to go down so that they can, you know, sell the club on and just be mm-hmm. be done with it. Um, I would say Sunderland are probably going down
0: no I don't you'd never rule someone down see <laughs> I'm quote, Big, it's it's big every Sam <laughs>
1: Big Sam is the one thing that kind of gives me pause but I looked through their squad and Barjan and Via—that that is garbage mm. like uh, Defoe is still a decent goal scorer but that's all but that is one hell of a collection mm. of expensively assembled garbage that they have mm. going on there
2: well they've only recently realized that they should play jeremy Lenz, who actually offers pace yeah, Casbury uh, well. was Kazri a good signing. Decent, yeah. It was, yeah. Um, but the defense is the problem.
1: The defense is a shambles, an absolute shambles. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what happens when you have John O'Shea and Wes Brown as your central defenders.
2: Yeah. Although Eight Kabul and happened. Cortez, and then they did bring in uh, Lamina Kone One of the Kones Yeah, Kone, <laughs> Kone, Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kone.
1: But like Kabul is at Sunderland because he's terrible. Yeah. The Spurs didn't let him go because he was good. Like they paid terrible. us for him. Yeah, they paid Liverpool for Coates. Liverpool yeah. didn't let him go because he was good. And now he's gone off to Sporting Lisbon. Um, and <laughs> brilliantly, in all the articles about him, the Portuguese press just seemed amazed by the fact that he's really, really tall. Every article <laughs> mentions that he's really, really tall. Um, I actually. Like, Newcastle are 18th at the moment, but. There's a lot of quality in that Newcastle squad. Not not a whole lot at the back. I do like Jan, Matt, and Bemba, I think, is going to be a good defender. Um...
2: You know what? I just realized that Newcastle and Leicester's narratives are very similar. Where we keep thinking Leicester can't keep doing it. Why? I don't know. Because they're Leicester. Look at the team. It's not. Yeah. And in Newcastle, you look at the it's team, the you're like, side. they should be yeah. so much better. Like, why aren't they better? And the only reason we can come up with why they should be better is that the players seem like they should be good players. Like, uh, the
0: thing, uh, the problem with us is that um we have we have we did have like 2 months of playing really really well and not getting results so for those yeah, yeah. 2 months everyone's like well they're not as bad as they seem like they should be getting more points but now then you we are. come out with performances <laughs> like Watford and Everton and then you the see the Arsenal those, match and was and so
2: things. you were so hard done by in that match
0: yeah i know it, but Ugh. i the problem i think that we're very the way we play, we don't have the players to do it. We're very one sided down the right hand side with Yama and Sissoko. And on the left, Dummett can't attack, so it leaves us very open on that side. Mm. And it's it's like if we would brought in a left back and a striker, that's all we needed in, in the uh, window to stay up. A left back, an attacking full back to give us a bit of balance uh, with Yama and uh, um, the left back. And then, like, you don't um, not having wingers would be as much of a problem because they could cut in more. If you've got two attacking fullbacks and then a striker to put put the ball in the back of the net, which Dubia may do, like mm. he has a very good record of doing so. Well, and the I fact think... that he is older, like I think as you were talking about Premier League experience, I think experience is more important. And I think because he's older, he's played a lot of matches, you know. Mm. He will score goals if you get put him in the areas to do so. Yeah. So I think if I was Him and Winnieldum should mess people up defensively. Yeah.
1: If if someone with a brain takes over, they immediately stick Vernon underneath at left back. Yeah, yeah, yep. Because that that solves a number of problems. He's he's good defensively in that role, and he'll get forward. He's good on the ball. He's quick. It takes Dummett out of the team because he is how him and Billy Jones are my biggest question uh, marks for how they get paid. Williamson, Mike Williamson is another one. Newcastle played him for years. He clearly wasn't a Premier League player, and now they're doing the same thing with this chap. And like, just no, like it's Liverpool fans are the same with with Flanagan. Oh, Flanagan's back. It's great. He's not a Premier <laughs> League player.
0: He's a Championship player. Yeah, shouldn't be at the, the have to, he have to club. If you look at our, our back five for the weekend, because Mbemba got injured, then LaSales came on, did really well, and then got sent off. Red card. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. I but saw our, people
2: that were like, "I can't believe he got a second yellow." Nope, the second no. one was a straight red.
0: Yeah, if, yeah. Our, our back five against West Brom is going to be Rob Elliott in goal. He's been really good recently, but you know it is Rob Elliot. You've got Yarmar on the right, and then we're going to have Steven Taylor and Fabrizio Colatini, and then <sighs> Paul Dava. Look at that. That's we Stanley. are going to lose that game. It's. But,
1: like, how have you not been playing Jan Matem, Ben Bullishels, and Vernon Nita all season long? Because like, LaSalle wasn't really playing well. The biggest but, mistake But he McLaren wasn't playing made, well because he wasn't getting a, a run of game. Yeah, that's
0: true. The, the biggest mistake McLaren made, everybody said at the time, was keeping Colachini as captain. Yeah, if you yeah. t- t- keep him in the squad, but take the armband, man. One serious. of the
1: things you have a problem with is that you have a team that are, have a number of cowards who disappear when the going gets tough. Sissoko being case in point. Yes. And you have I would say a couple of cancerous personalities. I think Kolaric's one. I T-O-T. think yeah. I think T-O-T. T-O-T is massively
0: one. Mitrovic um, could be really good Mitrovic if there was a sterner Looks like
1: room. he has all the potential to be an absolute like chemistry destroyer. I um, think
0: he I think he's been very good in the squad from what I've read but, you know. The, the,
1: the, you have to keep him happy though. If he if he yeah. if, if he changes that's it that's over like. Now I still think he's got huge potential as a player. So hopefully hopefully they play a two play two up front. Play three up front. Play him um Perez and Perez and Doombia and or have Doombia come off the bench. I don't know why Perez and Mitrovic haven't been playing as a two all season. Because they just mesh really well. Um mm-hmm. but I, I think I think Toon will stay up. I'm gonna say Norwich to go down. Yep. And those are my three. And then very quickly,
0: uh are you going to win this weekend, Jake? Um, well, yeah, our back five is a bit of a problem, but West Brom at home—you have to say this is the most important game of Steve McClaren's reign. If we draw or lose, I think he has to go because our upcoming fixtures after that are just not pleasant. Mm-hmm. So I think, so I think, I think, and we, we're a lot better at home. Um Alden, or is, you know, he hates playing away from home. He apparently, really he scored a goal away from home all season. Doesn't play well away from home, so he's going to play well, you know. And I think. West Brom will come and defend, which will give us a bit of license to go forward, which is where we excel, so I'll, I'll say we'll win, but You're not suggesting oh. that
1: Tony Pulis might set up to play negatively,
0: are you? Oh, I don't know, I can see Berahino scoring it, it <laughs> oh, could, absolutely. Would, I can see it so much <laughs> I don't know, I, I'm going to go for a, like a no, I'll go for a win, why not, I'll say it would be like, a, like the West Ham game, we sco- go two up and then concede and then become really nervy, so yeah, 2-1 Alright, uh,
2: Dave, good news for you this week, Liverpool versus Sunderland Yeah,
1: we better win Yep, you can't you can't be losing to Sunderland. You can't. Nope. and it's not even Sunderland. You just can't lose to Sam Allardyce because I just can't stand him. Him and Pulis are everything that's wrong with English football. <laughs> so yeah, but I they're think proven we'll
2: Premier League oh, managers.
1: This is it, exactly. The proper British managers. They don't have time for tactics. Good football men Oh, it's it's just it's amazing. Like Tim Sherwood is like the apprentice Pulis slash Allardyce. No tactics, <laughs> just a good football man. Just yeah. madness, like. He's going to get um, a job in the championship. On the sure. topic of the Toon manager job, Moyes is the ideal pick now to save you, keep you up. Rodgers is the better fit long term because you, you want to play attacking football, mm. and because you know he's just made with his fluff and bluster for a club like Tune. Um, but yeah, we'll win this weekend. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, Tottenham versus Watford. Uh, six months ago, I would have said this would be a draw, but hard to, you know, go against our form. How how much of a unit we're, we're really. Playing as uh, you, you, you gotta go win. We're, we're finally at home after having had a few away. I'm, I'm gonna go win. Uh, man, Agallo tore us
0: up last time though. I'm gonna go two-one Tottenham. I think, it's, I think this one could be close. Do you know what happened the last time you played Watford at White Hart Lane in the Premier League? Hmm. I was, I was writing the preview for this earlier, so it was uh, when Paul Robinson scored. Yeah. It went in it from his own goal. You know that amazing goal. Oh. <laughs> That was, that was oh, ridiculous! So lovely. yeah, that's, that's an interesting little stat. Hey, thanks, Jake. Love it. We, you know, we we
2: all had stats. I had my 1886 stat. Dave busting out the plus 30 goal difference.
0: You with that? Mm. It's less of a stat. It's more of just a, just like little hey, that every. was a thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it though. I love it. Uh, we are hilariously out of time. But tell the folks where they can find you yeah thanks for listening Yeah, you can read my stuff on EPL Index or on Total Dutch Football where I've just done finally uh, someone's just gone up about why Manchester United should have got wine out instead of Depay and how he fits Van, girls, van uh, girls, um strategy a lot better so yeah read that and if you have any criticism don't just go they play different positions because you know if you actually read it you'd say it was a lot more than that. but anyway yeah check mm. that out and you get me um, on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two ends. I know I said we were out of time but super quick question
1: Holler or Milik? I think Mm. Millick.
2: Good man, (laughs) Dave.
1: Um, Yeah, you can find me on allinsportstalk.com, at allinsportstalk on Twitter. Uh, We release podcasts most days. Um, Thursdays is our big weekly show. Um, The Anfield Index, obviously, is kind of where I came from. Um, I have a new show on that called Another Podcast. Uh, I've had two shows so far Manuel Vett and Alexei Yaroshevsky. Great feedback on those. Check those out. Check out the app the anfield index app it's one of a kind it's unbelievable you'll find this podcast on that app. Mm-hmm. um you can find me on twitter at dave hendrick underscore ai yeah and
2: i'm your host kevin devries at kevroff on twitter i did show up on all in sports talk i'm not sure if i've mentioned that uh you can check that out on tuesdays fantasy show goes up thursdays this podcast epl roundtable goes up fridays and mondays you can find my weekly article on uh, on fantasy picks to, to put into your side on Friday mornings over at the Eagles' Beak and then throughout the week, player updates over at blog, uh on Tottenham. So, I don't do nearly enough stuff, I just realized. But, um, thanks so much for joining us, guys. It's been a pleasure as always. And we hope you keep listening.